almost 40 years of poetry for poet laureate David Eagleton to choose from for his new Best Of anthology. That had to be tough, right? The Dunedin-based writer has called his collection of selected poems The Wilder Years. He's chosen around 300 from previous collections and added a few new ones that include his response to the mosque attacks and the reframed use of the word bubble due to the pandemic. First, I asked David Eagleton why this was the right time to go through his extensive poetry archive to create a best of. It felt like the right time as, as to, as to um, having assembled um, so many poems over, over such a long period. Um, it just seemed right at this moment to... Um, venture into the task of selecting a kind of um, highlights or um, certainly uh, poems that stood out for me from my back catalogue over over 40 years. Um, so it stretches right back to the beginning of the 1980s and um, I suppose back to the Springbok tour in 1981 um, and the mood of the times back then um, and my own tentative efforts to find my own voice as a poet and develop my ideas about what I thought poetry was and what my feelings were about um, the crafting of poems and, and, and really arising out of my reading of other poets, especially New Zealand poets such as James K. Baxter and Hone Tufari and um, various other poets who were around at the time, Sam Hunt, um, Alan Brunton. So it begins back then and comes right through until until 2021, virtually. Was it 2020? No, actually 2020, yes. I did wonder, actually, David, if you are a poet who, who stays connected with your early work or was it a, a trip down memory lane, in a way, those poems from the, the 80s in particular? Um, well, um, it's a panorama. So it's, it's a hawk's eye view of, of the landscape of, of New Zealand, Um and so if I, as I fly back in time and away, I was kind of seeing those early poems as having the same threads and themes and motifs as the later poems. And the later poems are kind of a continuation. Um, and I, I think there's a continuity there. The, the imagery is always drawn from the immediacy of where I am at, at any given time. Uh, and where I am is basically somewhere in Aotearoa. Very few of my poems are set overseas. I have spent a bit of time in Australia uh, where I have family and um, also a bit of time in Fiji and Tonga. So I've, I have poems about those visits and I've always always been drawn to um, painters like um, Bruegel and, and landscape artists. So, so there's that as well. Well, I wonder, you just mentioned themes and motifs that have extended across those those four decades David, and mm. having having you know, done such extensive reading of your work, what are the predominant themes and motifs, would you say? <laughs> oh, well, um, I don't actually go looking for themes. I, I kind of really start with uh, with something I see or something happens or there's, some, there's something in the air, some sort of um, a kind of a, a moment when the poet kind of reaches out and... And say and says to him or herself, um, that is what I want to capture, um, and that's certainly what I've tried to do is capture the, the the moment, the event, a feeling, and words. So, as to as to themes, um, I've always been going round around the same ideas of reacting to um, growing up in this country and and um, living here all my life, pretty much, um, having come over as a child um, from the islands, um, our family learning how to assimilate into this culture and and then the tensions and contradictions and the sense of um 
you need to conform, you need to fit yourself into a certain philosophy, which is, in a single word, it's sort of nationalism, but what does that mean? And there are many kinds of um, ways of looking at living in Aotearoa, and um, I try to cover them all, actually. I try to, I try to move around, and, and, and I'm expressing myself as a, uh, and my own point of view as a poet, but also um, trying to channel and, um, and channel voices and um, feelings of the community. So I do see that poetry has a public role. Um, I mean, it's how I write. I don't uh, want to impose it on any other poet, but it's just my approach to um, what poetry is and what language is. The crafting of words into poetry, um, for me, begins with this idea of identity, who I am. David, you had obviously hundreds and hundreds of poems to choose from, and I know this is seen as a, as a best of, but what was your criteria? I mean, you can have technically best, you can have your personal favourite poems, you can have trying to reflect the breadth of your work or maybe those through lines of themes. You know, was the selection process harder than you thought? Yeah, uh, in the end, um, I, it had to be pragmatic. So I, I elected not to choose many poems for my first two books, just a handful of poems, because I found that quite a few of them are dated. Their references were to a particular time. And I mean, a different kind of book, I think they would be valid. But for this um, retrospective, looking back, uh, they were kind of starting points for, for these, these themes and motifs, which we've sort of alluded to that. The, the, I suppose just, just the weather, um, internal, external, um, the climate, the spiritual feeling of, New Zealand, what was New Zealand like back in the, in the early 1980s? That was something that um, I, I was looking for, a sense, of, a sense of something that had sustained itself and was, was real, was tangible, was a feeling, an emotion, an atmosphere that I could connect with all this time later. And then to have those feelings, emotions, atmospheres, those seemingly intangible things translated into into poems which stand up on their own and, and say something meaningful in their own right. That was something I was looking for. So as I say, the first two books were, were um, slim pickings. And I, by the time of my third book, Empty Orchestra, um, I found more poems that I could incorporate. But the, another aspect to this is, is that I didn't want too many poems that kind of repeated themes that I'd dealt with earlier. So I was looking for differences and, and a way of kind of getting the book to chime harmonically and show different facets and different tones and different um, notes and, and, and chords were sounded. And um, so that, so it's a book which um, suggests um, <laughs> the rather um, complex way I look at New Zealand um, as a world in itself, a kind of world in miniature. It's, it's an archipelago, it's a group of islands here in the South Pacific in the, in the middle of the Great Moana and all those things are kind of uh, what I want to kind of get at is, is our, our insular nature as a nation, how we kind of look inwards, but we also look outwards. And we, we are now currently a world leader. How do we arrive at this position um, in terms of the response to the pandemic? And I feel that uh, we are self-critical. We are self-aware. We are alert to, uh, we're sensitive to criticism, but we also respond to it um, intelligently. So things like that. So that's what I mean by being a kind of a national bard, someone who's trying to reflect uh, a sense of, of what New Zealandness is, um, for want of a better term, that the hybrid 
mongrel nature of our nation, uh, where we came from as New Zealanders, and how we're made up. Uh, all those things kind of, um, I, look for, I look for a shamanistic visionary way of channeling that feeling of being a community, a distinct, unique community, which is, is Aotearoa uh, in the South Pacific over these past few decades, this time of my lifetime. Uh, that's what I'm aiming for. And that's what, I'm, that's what interests me. You have, as you mentioned, um, David, new poems in here, and you can just look at the topics and know two mosques, Christchurch, the Burning Cathedral, and Bubble Life. Think about that word bubble will never be the same, <laughs> will never be the same again. But in 2020, obviously these monumental events were what you wanted to write about in that role that you described yourself as, a, as seeing yourself as a national bard, which I like. Yeah, uh, they, they were the big events um, which we all um, related to one way or another trying to find a way to talk about that in poetry, a, a way to articulate feelings and also get a perspective, get some sense of detachment, of distance, because of this feeling that sometimes we go into a kind of a frenzy, the, the bubble concept. Yes, um, we're now part of a bigger bubble. Um, the, the Burning Cathedral in Paris, that's kind of about religion. And so, and so is the, it's the two mosques in a way also about identity. So um, they, they are continuations of themes that I've, I've always been interested in. Well, David, how about we wrap this up with you reading one of your new poems for us, please? Sure. This is called The People Smuggler's Beard. There was Brother Baxter's louse-bearing beard. Carl Stead wore a turtleneck with a beard. How many sprouting potato eyes to make Sebastian Black's great beard of the 1970s, the hog-riding biker's beard, red as Samarata, the rash beard, the spurious sporran, the short beard, springy as gutter percha, tartan beards of lairds, bed-cover beards, tui lurking in bird's nest beards with twigs, decorous, a bush creed for greenies, they were the oracles of their day, the elders who pursed their lips and shook their heads and faded away, gnawing fingernails and stroking jihadist beards. Moses, patriarch of the long hairs, ringletted Nebuchadnezzar, Karl Marx and his Jeroboam of beard, the unshaven Shavians, Walt Whitman's salt and pepper bardic chops, Ned Kelly's stringy bark face fungus brought him down the false beard of Ezra Pound, the chin fluff of incipient beardies waits to be found, Allen Ginsberg's pubic beard in the shape of the USA, hiding a bomb or a bicycle or a B-52, crossing the border at Mexicali, Allen Ginsberg alone, naked, with a knapsack, watch, camera, poem and beard, Plated, pigtailed, weed-whacking wonders, dundreary whiskers combed into a hair shirt, the prickling wisp, the curly-whirly convoluted, the spurred and booted, the deeply rooted, the straight Ho Chi Minh trail beard, the Gilbert and Sullivan vaudevillian beard, the Jerusalem syndrome redeemer's beard, the Stockholm syndrome kidnapper's beard, the cyber caliphate's beheaded beard, Beards with cobwebs and rigging and cordage. The beard in its cups, making a tingle in nostrils. That yabba yabba, woof woof, gurgle beard. 
because Bacchus has drowned more men than Neptune, the desperate beard, the daily beard, the beard that disappeared. The Wilder Years by David Eagleton is published by Otago University Press. The full interview, including the full poem, is going up on our webpage.